You're listening to the Mortgage Reports Podcast, where we reveal tips, tricks, hacks, and knowledge to help you buy a home, refinance, or invest in real estate. Welcome back to another episode of the Mortgage Reports Podcast. I'm your host, Shivani Peterson, and I'm super excited that you tuned in today because we're going to be talking about something big when it comes to real estate. Whether you're buying second homes or investment properties, multifamily or single family, whether you're buying manufactured homes or your dream single family residence that houses 17 folks and has a swimming pool in the back. One thing that you should always be thinking about when it comes to real estate is your return on investment because real estate is an amazing asset class when it comes to return on investment. And honestly, one of my favorite parts of meetings with new buyers is when I go over a rent versus on with them because I show them what the amortization and appreciation gains look like over the next nine years. And let's say we're talking about a house that's priced at $350,000 and they're putting 10% down. In my market, the ROI is often over $100,000 over nine years. And that's even after taking into account the costs of maintenance and then you know the cost of selling, paying realtor commissions and other closing costs. There are not very many asset classes that can net you that kind of return. The problem is that right now in 2022, When we look at ROI, we have to take into account that homes are not going to appreciate like they did in 2020 and 2021, where in many markets, we saw rates of appreciation at like 20 to 25% year over year. Right now, when we look at the ROI for the next two years, it dips red, actually. So is it a terrible time to buy? Uh, Will you be worse off buying now than someone who buys next year? Or are you better off than someone who bought last year? Let's talk about that. Let's look at what data helps us figure that out so that you can do this in your own market. Regardless of where you are, the market is likely changing pretty quickly. Where I am, it feels like it's a whole new housing market and real estate world every week. So I think if we look really specifically at where you are, you'll find better answers than looking at like the national trends because, and I'll come back to this, but being hyper-local will be a better way for you to calculate return on investment right now. Even if you're not investing where you directly live, you want to look at the data very specific to the area where you're looking at buying that real estate. Let's think of what could affect return on investment this coming year, meaning what's going to be the biggest driver of appreciation. And when it comes to housing and the real estate market right now, the biggest factor affecting everything is interest rates. If you tune into this podcast regularly, you're probably picking up on that. The first quarter of 2023, which is where we are right now, is likely going to be the hardest for the real estate market for the entire year because affordability is not a friendly issue at all, even a little. Wage growth has not kept up with inflation and home prices are not low. They're less. There's room to negotiate in many markets, but they're definitely not what you would consider cheap. And those are the three factors that drive affordability, wages, home prices, and interest rates. But Around the world, there's mounting fears of a global recession, which would allow interest rates to come down. It would likely cause them to fall. So if we had some moderate price declines across the country, coupled with interest rates coming down a little bit, or at least cooling or settling into a range that we could get used to for a minute or two, then affordability will get much better in the second half of this year. So that would mean that prices would start to go back up and we start this whole new cycle of supply and demand. There's a cycle with supply and demand right now, and that's what's causing appreciation to not look as amazing for the next year or two as it did for the last year or two. When there's a lot of demand and very little houses on the market, then prices go up. Interest rates cool demand, and we still have a very similar number of houses for sale. So 
That took sellers off their pedestal and gave buyers the ability to negotiate and caused prices to dip across many markets. But as interest rates come back down, we won't likely see a lot more inventory for a couple reasons. One, just the way we've been building since the Great Recession. We have not been building enough homes to meet where our demographics show demand should be. But we also have a lot of homeowners who have very low interest rates, interest rates in the twos and threes that allow them to maybe stay in a bigger house longer than they would have or cause them to at least hesitate before taking on a new mortgage where they may get less house for a similar payment. Those two things will make it so that inventory doesn't appear out of nowhere and so that once interest rates come back down, we see appreciation start picking up speed again, a reacceleration of prices, as we've talked about before on this podcast. Right now, only 16% of Americans think it's a good time to buy. And I'm sure a lot of them think that because they think their return on investment won't be good. They think that this trend with prices coming down is just the beginning of the iceberg, and then we're going to see big crashes on prices. That's not likely because, like I said, as interest rates cool, there won't be a bunch of homes available, so we'll still be in a supply and demand problem. That's why I think it's really important to be sharing information and to be tuning into podcasts like this where you can listen and see, well, in my market, is there likely to be a crash? As I was saying before, every market is a little bit different. So you're going to want to look at certain factors where you are, where you're thinking of investing. Look at the unemployment rate. Look at how small businesses are doing. And look at the actual supply and demand specific to your zip code. How many homes are being built each year and how many renters in the area qualify to buy and how many people are reaching household formation age. Household formation is when, okay, let's say you have a family of four, the parents and the kids live in a home and then the kids reach an age where they're making enough money and it's socially expected that they move out of their parents' house and buy their own home. That's called a household formation, each parent, each child becoming an adult and needing their own housing. So if we look at household formations in a certain zip code, we can see, okay, well, we're coming up on a certain number of people needing homes. This is how many homes have been built in this zip code. How is that going to shake out in the supply and demand balance? The most important thing to take away from this episode is looking specifically at the data in your area so that you can figure out what your return on investment might look like. You may not be able to calculate it exactly, but you'll be able to see, okay, so right now there's this many homes for sale. There's this many people shopping for homes or likely to be shopping for homes in the near future. And if I assume that a rates of appreciation would reach a normal level in the next year or two, then I need to hold this property for five years maybe to get back my return. Or we need to live in this house for at least seven years for it to make sense for us to have bought it things like that. They'll really help when you get hyper-local about it. I think the easiest way to think of it, to wrap this up, is that when you're getting dressed for the day, you don't say, hey, Alexa, what's the weather for the entire United States today? You say, what's the weather in my city? The national forecast doesn't help you a ton. So the national data and the national headlines on what's going to happen with real estate doesn't necessarily properly inform your decision to buy a home in a specific zip code. Looking at the trends in that specific zip code will be a lot easier for you in planning your outfit or planning your investment. Thanks for tuning in today, guys. I hope that was really helpful. Thanks for listening to the Mortgage Reports podcast. Visit themortgagereports.com for daily mortgage rate updates, news, and advice from experts. 